Father, we thank you for your word this morning, Lord God. We thank you that your word is alive and active, Father, sharper than any double-edged sword. And Lord God, I just thank you that as I share truths about redemption, the redemption that came to mankind this morning, Father, we just see people being set free. We see freedom over the hearts of your people, Lord God. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Well, how many know that the birth of a baby is, can change a family, especially if it's your first, right? You know, a baby coming into a family, it's like, I know when I had my first, had no idea what I was doing, on the phone to my mum all the time. You know, you go from uh, being a husband and wife who can just kind of do whatever you want, when you want, and then a baby comes and all of a sudden it's all about the baby. You know, you, it's, it's all about the baby. So, you know, how much more did the birth of our Saviour bring such a radical change to humanity? Amen. You know, it's funny, I was going through the Gospels and the amount of times when uh, a group of people, whether it's the Pharisees, even the disciples, after Jesus was speaking, they said uh, that they are astonished. If you do a little uh, Google uh, Bible search in your Bible app for the word astonished, it's, you know, it says the Pharisees, uh, with his response, they were astonished at his teaching. And then another time it says, uh, many hearing him were astonished. And they said, where did this man get these things? What, what wisdom is given to him? And such mighty works performed at his hand. And, you know, perhaps the most astonishing thing uh, that the life of Jesus brought, my first slide here, whoop, let's go back, was this. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. It's like the purpose of Jesus is right there. You know, when uh, God created man, he said, let us make man in our image. Man initially reflected the character of God. He didn't say to any of the animals, the animals weren't made in his image, it was only man. So man reflected the character and the nature of God. Amen? But then at the fall, obviously that was broken. Man no longer reflected the character of God. Man now reflected uh, brokenness, you know, reflected sin. But when Jesus came back, he come to bring access for us to be spiritually reborn from above. And so that now means that us that have been born again, we now have the character of God inside of us. We now have the nature of God inside of us. And, you know, that's when Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You're, you're salt of the earth. He was talking about Jesus being in us. And I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but being out in the world, especially around people that aren't saved, you're going to find that people are just attracted to you. They're attracted to the Jesus in you. You know, I remember Epsi and I were uh, ministering to someone uh, who wasn't saved. In fact, uh, this certain lady was from another uh, religion and but just going through a really, really hard time. And, and so, you know, we just shared the gospel with her. We shared the gospel and just loved on her and asked her if we could pray for her. And, and she said, you guys are like angels. But we knew what she was saying. She was attracted to the Jesus in us, the Holy Spirit in us. Amen? And so we can expect that. We can expect when we go out into the community that each of us carries something of the presence of God. And that's so powerful. It's not to be underestimated. And, you know, I was looking through, uh, talking of birth announcements, Jesus' birth announcements. 
you know, gender reveals and all that's a really big thing in our society. You get the big balloon pop and is it pink or is it blue or, you know, just these uh, extravagant birth announcements. Well, Jesus' birth announcements, he had angels. He had angels from heaven. I'm like, oh, you, you pretty much can't top that. What did you get for your eye? Oh, just angels from heaven. So, you know, it's interesting though, every time an angel appeared to different people in the Bible regarding the birth of Jesus, uh, it revealed different aspects of our redemption. And so redemption is obviously one central truth, but there's many different facets to what it actually means for us as believers. Amen. So we're going to look at two of these this morning. The first one that we're going to look at is uh, the angel that appeared to the shepherds. The angel that appeared to the shepherds. Luke 2.18. Sorry, Luke 2.8. Down to verse 14. So it starts off by saying, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. That's a really common response in the Old Covenant being afraid of the presence of God. You know, what did they say to Moses who who was going in and out of the presence of God? You go, Moses. You go talk to God. We don't want to. But see, God was going to change that. Verse 10. uh, Sorry, verse 11. No, verse 10. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, what's he bringing? I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Verse 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, an, there was a multitude of angels in the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And I love this part. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. The birth of Jesus brought a new dispensation of time. Amen. You know, previously the people, the only way that they could get to God was through the old covenant, was through the law. So if they were going to approach God, they had to make sure everything was ticked off, all their behaviours were right, that they'd done everything that the law of Moses required, and then they could go to God. But the birth of Jesus brought a new dispensation. It was the time when God would be relating to people through uh, the cross. Amen? So under the new covenant, it's, it's not about the law. It's about us coming boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because our sins have been paid for. Amen? And that brought peace with God. It says uh, in Romans 5.1, Romans 5.1, therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous and given right standing with God through what? Through faith. Let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold on to and enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So, you know, there's many instances under the old covenant where people went to go into the presence of God and because they had to go through the law of Moses and things weren't correctly ticked off. For example, Aaron's sons actually died. They were ministering, uh, they brought the wrong fire, and they actually died in the presence of God. 
There's another example of a user who uh, they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into the city of David as, as King David is crowned king. The Ark falls. Who's familiar with this story? The Ark falls. He reaches out and he drops dead. So sometimes we actually need to go back and have a look at how they had it to appreciate how we have it. Amen. We come into church and we're just fit where the presence of God is here. It's not about what we've done or we can do. It's about what Jesus did. This is the dispensation of grace that we're in. Um, I love what Jesus said of himself. He said, I'm here to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favours of God profusely abound. Amen. So no longer was it about coming to God through the law. Such freedom we have. So let's just go to Luke chapter 8. We're going to read an example of this in the Bible. Who's got their Bibles here this morning? I don't actually have this one up on the board, so uh, it'd be good if you can follow along. Luke chapter 8, and we'll start at verse 43. Verse 43. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, she came from behind and touched the border of Jesus' garment. And it says immediately her flow of blood stopped. And this would have been such a fearful thing for her because under the law of Moses, she was not allowed to be anywhere near the community. She had to be an outsider. Anyone with uh, blood was not allowed near anyone else. So for her, there was a real fear in this, but I guess she was just that desperate to have her healing that she went to Jesus and she reached out and it says immediately her flow of blood stopped. And so then Jesus said, who touched me? When all deny it, Peter and those around him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. And you say, who touched me? So they're like, Jesus, what kind of question is that? Verse 46, but Jesus said, someone touched me for I perceived power going out from me. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So we start to see as Jesus walks the earth, people are so desperate. They're failing in the law of Moses. They're failing in the commandments. What they need is a saviour. Amen. And this is the first instance uh, where something like this happens. She comes to Jesus. She comes to the Lord through Jesus and receives her healing. Amen. So the birth of Jesus brought the gift of peace between God and uh, mankind. And let's have a look at the next one. The angel that appeared to Joseph. Slide four. Can I just say, Joseph was an absolute legend in this whole thing. I think Mary gets a whole lot of credit, but what about Joseph? Like, a, a tough, tough gig to kind of carry. You know, they would have been ostracised from their community. It actually says that Mary goes and lives with Elizabeth. You know, you can imagine that she would have got a whole lot of backlash from her family. Uh, imagine trying to explain, no, Joseph's not the dad. Actually, God is the dad. Like, they just would have thought she was, she'd lost her mind. 
you know. Something so powerful about Mary's story is, you know, she was obviously going to carry the saviour of the world, but she could do none of that in her own strength. The only thing that she could do in that situation was just say, all right, God, let it be unto me according to your word. There was nothing that she could do to make her calling happen. Amen. And that, that's a lesson for some of us as well. Let it be unto me according to your word. All right, so let's read this. Matthew uh, 1, 18 to 21. And it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and so you kind of get to see a little bit of Joseph's character there. You know, God picked him because he was a just man. It says, being a just man and not wanting to put, uh, make a public example of her, was mindful to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord, here's his uh, birth announcement again, angels from heaven appearing to people. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And this is the point I'm going to make with this aspect of redemption that we see. Verse 21, it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Can we all just say this part out together? For he will save his people from their sins. What a statement. So that baby boy would grow to be a man that would take upon himself the penalty for my sin and the penalty for your sin. And as a result, the power of sin is actually broken for the life of the believer. That's such a powerful thing. Romans 5.15 says, But the free gift of God is not like the trespass, because the gift of grace overwhelms the fall of man. God's grace is now the most powerful spiritual force in your life. Hallelujah. It's no longer sin. So how did he do this? How did he break the power of sin? over the life of the believer. You know, Ari and I were reading the Bible the other day and we were reading a passage and whenever it said salvation, she didn't know how to say that word, so she just kept saying solution. I'm like, well, that's right. (laughs) Salvation was the solution for sin, right? And, you know, the truth was that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us had an outstanding charge. And so sin had to be judged. God God couldn't overlook it. You know, Greg and I went to dinner last night and it was just really nice to have some time out without the the kids and and we had a lovely meal. And at the end of the meal, we can't just get up and and walk away and say, I'll just pretend that charge isn't there. No, there, there is an outstanding charge that can't be overlooked. You know, we had to pay the bill. But guess who paid our bill? The Lord Jesus. And so, you know, for, for God to be a just judge, he actually couldn't overlook sin. If he overlooked it and didn't bring, uh, bring the judgment on sin, he wouldn't have been just. Amen? And so if we go to Isaiah 53, 4 to 5, Isaiah 53, 4 to 5. You can open that in your Bibles. 53, 4 to 5. And this is where we see what the Lord Jesus has done for us. Verse 53, we'll start in verse 4. 
It says, surely he has borne our grief, he carried our sorrow, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for whose transgressions? Our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. And if we jump down to verse 10, it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. That's a really full-on statement. But the truth is God didn't want to put his judgment on mankind. He didn't want to do that. So he put his judgment of sin on Jesus. Amen? So that if we come to God, it's got to be through him. Hallelujah. Psalm 103. And this is such an important truth that some of us need to take away this morning. It says, uh, Psalm 103, 10 to 11, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Amen. So, you know, we have a lot of messages out there that are about, you know, repent, repent, repent. Yes, we do need to repent, but that's only half the message. It's repent and believe on the gospel. Amen. That was what broke the power of sin over all of our lives. Hallelujah. Now let's just look at one example of where this happened in Scripture. Luke chapter 8, verse 26 to 39. Luke chapter 8, verse 26. And it says, Then they sailed to the country, which is opposite Galilee. And when he had stepped out of the land, there met him a certain man from a city who had demons for a long time. He wore no, no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. And as you, I'm not going to read all of this, and we'll skip over to verse 35, but as you read this, you really see what a desperate situation this man is in. He's living in the tombs, he's ostracised from the community, he's cutting himself... It's just a really, really horrible situation for this guy. But if we jump to verse 35, it says, Then they went out... Uh, actually, no, let's go back to 31. So it says, The demons begged him that they would not uh, command them to go into the abyss. Now a herd of swine was feeding there on the mountain, so they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Verse 33 says, Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When those who fed them saw what happened, they fled and told it in the city in the country. Verse 35 says, And then, he went out, then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. They also, who had seen it, told them by what means he whom had the demon possessed was healed. So this guy has now experienced the power of God breaking sin in his life. And, you know, he says, Jesus, can I follow you? Can I follow you? I want to come with you. But Jesus says, no, you're to go out and you're to share your testimony. You're to go and share of the good things that God has done for you. Amen. You know, the enemy will try and come against the truth that you are reconciled. He'll try and bring shame. He'll try and bring guilt. He'll try and bring different aspects of, of 
brokenness and sin to say that you are not redeemed. But that's not the truth this morning. It says that God has not dealt with us according to our sins. Hallelujah. He's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. And you know, from those that are, that are in Christ at the moment, which I think most of us here this morning are born again, I recognise pretty much every person here. We've all got a testimony. Hallelujah. We've all got a testimony of what the Lord has done in every single one of our lives. And so we're just going to finish on this. Uh, we're just going to get really practical. You know, as we are around family and friends this Christmas, I want to give you a tool in your hand to be able to share your faith. Who was here when Pastor Peter Nichol came and visited? He touched on this a little bit, but this is a really awesome uh, tool to be able to help us share our testimony. And so it goes like this. So I'm going to share mine. So, you know, there was a time in my life. And then what you need to do is think of two key words that describe your life before Christ. And so it's going to be different for every single person, but just two key words. So for me, there was a time in my life when I was really broken and really lost. And then the middle part is the cross. But then I met Jesus. And then two key words that describe your life after Jesus. And now I have freedom and I have purpose. And then you just throw it to the other person. Do you have a story like this? Would you like me to pray for you so you can encounter Jesus like this? So easy. I think we put a real blockage when it comes to sharing our faith, but, you know, that's the enemy. God gave us the job of being ministers of reconciliation where the angels came and shared about the birth of Jesus. It's tag, you're it, church. It's us now. We get to share our faith. We get to share our testimony with those who we meet. And it can be a really simple thing. So I've just asked three people to, if those three can come up and uh, we're just going to show you how easy it is. Thanks, Epsi. You can go first if you like. Yeah, a few years ago, I would always, very often be depressed and I was so religious. But when Jesus met me, I had an encounter with Jesus, not face to face, like when I was reading my Bible, I had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus transformed my life. Now, I'm not religious. I'm free, free to worship God. I know who God is, and I am not fearful. I am very happy to share about Jesus to others, and I'm very happy I'm not depressed. Yeah, I... I used to be very angry and frustrated and I gave my heart to Jesus and I just had so much freedom and peace through that and continue to do so. Thank you. Amen. So simple, right? It really is, it really is simple. Beck. Beck's a bit of an expert on this because Red Frogs is uh, an outreach-based thing. So I said to Beck, have you heard the 15-second testimony? She's like, have I heard it? No, no. She didn't have that reaction, but yes, she has heard of it. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> No, it's actually um, my testimony, I suppose, I find it really good to relate to the schoolies because when I was going through my early years and my early adulthood, I found myself trying to find my worth in the world and I felt so lost and I was just striving to find love in the places that I just couldn't fill that hole, I suppose, in my heart, just like the schoolies try with the alcohol and all of that. And so when I met with Jesus and realised I actually could have a relationship with him, and he loved me deeply and intimately without me doing anything. 
I just found a, a profound sense of like peace and unconditional love that he just could give me without me having to strive to find it. So yeah, just a lot of freedom in that. So, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is transforming in nature, right? The Bible says we go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. You know, your testimony changes over time. Even if you're going through a bit of a rough time at the moment, I'm sure we can all think back to a time when the Lord did something good for us. And so it's really simple. And I'm going to encourage you guys, share your testimony with one person over the next five, six weeks. Again, I'll do it. Hey, how are you? Yeah, you're good. Hey, do you know that there was a time in my life when I was really lost and really broken, but then I met Jesus and he set me free and he gave me purpose? Would you like to encounter Jesus like that? It's, it's literally 10, 15 seconds. So um, as we're coming up for communion, I just want you to think of your two words and think of how you would share your testimony with someone. You know, Christmas is about the baby boy that came to set us free and save us from our sin. Amen. So let's all come forward now for communion. Praise the Lord. There's something so freeing about sharing our faith, isn't it? You know, for too long, God's people have been silenced when it comes to their testimony and it comes to sharing their faith. And I just encourage you, this, this festive season, share your faith with somebody. Share the love of God. Share your testimony. It's so powerful. And I'm just going to finish up. If you could all stand, please. We're going to take communion together now. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to finish up reading 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17 to 21. And this is a really common verse. We all know this one, but it's, 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 it's everything that's central to our faith. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Church, you're a new creation this morning. You now reflect the glory of God. You have the nature of God. You have the character of God. Brokenness is no longer who you are. Don't let the enemy talk you out of who you are in Christ. It says, old things have passed away. Your old life is now gone. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 18, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. And ready for this part? He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, he wouldn't have given that job to the church if he didn't think we could do it. He wouldn't have sent his son to die and then sent his church to do the work of the ministry if he didn't think we could do it. Amen. It says that is Christ was, uh, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has given us, the, the, committed to us the word of reconciliation. So Father God, we just thank you for your mighty work, Lord God. We just thank you for what that baby boy in that manger represented, Father God, that we could be new creations in you, Father God, that the world would no longer have a hold on us, Father God. We just thank you, Lord God, that we are forgiven, that we are redeemed, that we are set free. And Lord God, we just thank you. Like we read in the scriptures this morning, you know, the woman of the issue of blood and the man that was tormented by demons. Father, that there's testimony when we encounter you. So we just thank you, Father God, for the testimony of Jesus Christ 
to go out from this church, Lord God, that we're not silent about you, Father God, because you weren't silent about us, Father, when you sent your son. In Jesus' mighty name, let's just take the cup and the bread this morning. Hallelujah. Well, church, uh, we don't have morning tea this morning. Uh, we do just have biscuits, tea and coffee, so just hang around. And um, we're going to go out with a song. Let's just worship our King and, and just be thankful for everything that the Lord's done for us in Christ Jesus. Amen.